listening, everybody. This is the Philly Experience Podcast. Why? You guys today in person for the first time, and yes, I don't have the exact number on me, but it's been a long time. It's, it's been, been years. over years. It's it feels, been too damn long. It feels like it's been years and years, but now it's it's great to be back finally in person in a little makeshift type studio here slash bedroom, which is awesome. Tanner, appreciate you letting us come down and yes, sir. Glad to us. have you guys here. Yeah, awesome, and, and T, appreciate you bringing all the equipment. This is uh, not not the most ideal, but better than Zoom, and uh, <laughs> just to get us in person and get that that feel back that we used to have just, in the actual studio. Just so you know, there is a surcharge for me having to hook all this shit up. I'm just going to let well, you know that right now. I'll double that and say there's a surcharge for renting my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I don't have a rebuttal for that because I don't have a... Actually, I didn't even set anything up, so credit to you guys. For, I just sat on my phone. <laughs> he literally um, sat here and looked at us as we set as we set everything up. I can't argue that I did. I did indeed, but <laughs> only because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. So, so the people don't want to hear us talk about no. that the whole time. Of no. course, let's let's talk about let's talk about the birds. Let's start with them. Um, of course, the regular season's coming up. Um, September 9th, Cowboys, Buccaneers, and then obviously the Eagles open up at the Atlanta Falcons on uh, that first Sunday of the NFL season. But right now we have to touch on the cuts. Obviously today coming up uh, 4 p.m. is the deadline for the cuts of the team, and there's always been some notable ones um, already. Um, Not particularly with the Eagles, but obviously the biggest news of the day, Cam Newton has been cut and released by the New England Patriots. Mac Jones will start week one. Let's relate back to the Eagles now and touch on a quick move that they did earlier today, which was Matt Pryor traded to the Indianapolis Colts uh, most recently. And then also just your your expectations of maybe the wide receivers we can dive into about who you expect to be cut there. I know our Sega Whiteside had a pretty big touchdown grab. Is that going to be enough to maybe save his roster spot, etc.? So uh, in your guys' opinion, do you think that um, going into this season, going into these cuts later on today, what to you may be the biggest surprise of the preseason and then also maybe the, the most disappointment or the biggest disappointment of the preseason player wise like somebody you had expectations for that really just didn't pan out yeah man it, everybody pretty much lived up to my expectations so there, there was really no surprise in terms of cuts um there was really no surprise in terms of um you know just how how the roster pretty much shaped up. Now, I will say one surprise. Um, I do agree with you that catch by Arthega Whiteside, I think, definitely saved his ass because he was on the way out. All right. Even even with Travis Fulgham not exactly having the best of training camps from what I've heard. And, you know, obviously him playing against the Jets, dropping a lot of balls, just looking just completely out of just out of shape, just completely looking like a, a, a non-essential right receiver. Even him going through all of that, even still, like, it's, and that was a shocker to me because I still expect this Travis Fulgham to still make this route for Ortega Whiteside, regardless of the fact that Ortega Whiteside is a former second-round pick. And, but he's had all these years to get him get himself together, but he hasn't. And now all of a sudden, it, it looks like Ortega Whiteside has found himself. And I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm I'm happy about it, but I'm shocked at the same damn time. But um, it's about damn time, as LeBron James once said. Um, where was this? Where was this play at? Where was the jump? Like it, that catch against the Jets was exactly what he was drafted for. So where the hell is this coming from now? And I think what separates our thing of Whiteside from the rest of receivers is that he's a big he's the big body receiver that fifty the guy's gonna go up and grab that fifty fifty ball. Everybody else is pretty much speed guys or possession guys. So. Him, his play style on top of his obvious play in the preseason, I think, is what elevated him. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with keeping uh, Arthur Whiteside. I think that spot could go to a more valuable player. Um, you have him for what two, two, two or three years now Something on like this that. team, and now just now in the preseason game is when he proves himself. Before the regular season even starts, you have him what two catches, fifty-seven yards. I believe that's his stat line for the entire preseason. And uh, for me, I mean, how many chances uh, did did the Eagles give? Arthega Whiteside, because now you have uh, a player on the practice squad that misses out on a starting spot um, or, or gets more game time. You have a valuable player that's probably going to get stolen off the practice squad. There, there's many of players that um, that are going to the practice squad, except for you have um, going to defense now, you Jaquette, who is no longer on the team, which at the beginning, before preseason started, um, before the Eagles made that necessary move for Steve Nelson, um, you have people saying that he was going to be a starting quarterback, cornerback, and I'm glad things panned out the opposite way. Um, unfortunately, he had to be cut, but, it, I mean, you look at this team now much better than what you had going into the preseason. Yeah, no doubt. I think one of the things I want to touch on here, uh, just as far as the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside thing goes, and I keep calling him J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, but, I mean, that's just what I'm used to calling him. It's Ortega, man. Get get your shit together. He doesn't deserve for me to get my shit together with him because (laughs) he's been an absolute embarrassment. And I I personally think he's a terrible player. Um, I really liked him. Uh, if you listen back to the podcast when we really when we first started, you would only really liked him coming out of college. I thought... Just like you said, see a big body receiver go up and get a kind of guy in the red zone. He didn't prove that at all. Not saying he got a ton of opportunities to do it, but we've seen and heard reporters and practices and things like that. Really no progress with this guy. And now you think because he makes one catch against the Jets, second and third stringers, he's going to make the team now because of that? Well, also, just look at what uh, look at the, the, the decline in Travis Fulcom, starting from the previous season. All right, He had those four or five weeks where he was the best receiver in the NFL. Um, and the stats prove that. And then all of a sudden, he drops off. And Doug Peterson kind of alluded to it in some of the press conferences. He was saying, you know, there's some there's times when Travis Fulgham is not exactly the player everybody's piping him out to be. He's not really putting up, you know, he's not really putting in the practice that we really expect from him. And now we're seeing the results of that. Like, there's a reason why this guy was drafted, I think, what, in the fifth or sixth round? There's a reason why he was a journey, he's a journeyman now. Like, this is the ultimate reason why. It, the potential is there, but I'm not going to keep a whole roster spot for a guy who doesn't deserve it. Like, I'm just not going to fucking do it. I'm I not. agree with you. I think this is one thing I want to say. I think the Eagles receiving core is probably one of the worst in football. Um, thank God we have Devontae Smith, who I was really surprised with him not playing a ton in the preseason. I wanted to see more of him. I know he was banged up for a little bit, but I think all because he was a phenom Heisman winner in college doesn't give him the right to just basically sit out. Um, and, and it's not his decision, of course. It's probably going to be the general manager's decision as I fix my audio here. Um, <laughs> You're always screwing something up, Max. God, dog it. Overall, I want to say this to the people who are still listening and haven't tuned out yet, that I thought Devontae Smith should have played more in the preseason. I thought Jalen Hurts should have played more in the preseason. But at the end of the day, when we talk about Devontae Smith in college compared to Devontae Smith now in the NFL, do you guys think that he should have played more? Um, Just not only to get experience, but in my opinion, it's almost one of those things where I won the Heisman Trophy, I played for Alabama, one of the best teams in the country. Do you guys think that because he was so great in college, did that have something to do with him not playing, or because there he's really getting the star treatment already to begin with? He's not getting that 
Um, I'm a rookie. I'm going to fight for reps. Even though I'm a high pick, I'm still going to get in there and battle. He's getting that I'm a starter type role. I'm, I need a rest. I'm going to get ready for week one. Yeah, so going on that, and this is coming from just going to one preseason game. I went to the second one against the Patriots uh, where Devontae Smith could actually play. Um, he was off that injured list, and um, fans were excited to see him. And when he came out, uh, there was a couple plays thrown to him. Now, albeit it's Joe Flacco that was thrown to him there you the go. entire game. You wanted to see Jalen Hurts um, out there with his wide receiver. You wanted to see how that connection was going to continue from college. But you have Devontae Smith, who ran his routes correctly. Now, Joe Flacco overthrew. Um, and then some situations, there was an underthrow. You put him in bad situations. A, a young wide receiver who's skinny like that, you put him in a bad situation where you have two defenders just almost colliding um, at, at the same time with him. It, it's not a good look. But for Smith to be of the talent um, that he is with the first-round pick, I mean, look, you have Jamar Chase. How many catches did he get this this preseason? I don't, I don't even think he notched up one. But uh, now I could be wrong. I'll check with that after. But you have Monte Smith, who really proved himself in college, even with that thumb injury in the championship game. Um, and I know people want to see him, but it's much better to wait, see him in the regular season, than see him in preseason. He impresses but gets injured, and then you're out for five, six weeks um, without a top wide receiver. And we all know how this team did uh, without a lot of wide receivers last season. So it wouldn't be a good look. Hell no, it wouldn't be a good look. No. And, and I, understandably so. I, look. I understand everybody's frustration. I understand, you know, everybody wants, you know. Look, I think a white side, honestly, the way he played in this in this preseason, he honestly gives you the best chance. He straight up does. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no getting around it. I think a white side gives you is the the number six right receiver, and there's no getting around that. Uh, look, I'm shocked just as much as everybody else is. I am. I am just as shocked. I am just as taken aback. I am just as surprised. But, look, it was either... What other choice do you have, okay? Greg Ward uh, Greg Ward didn't exactly pop, all right? I didn't exactly see Greg Ward this offseason. You're not hearing any writers writing about him or anything like that. So, like, what, what do you expect? What do you expect? And, look, in terms of Jalen Hurts, and, I, it, look, I'm all for Jalen Hurts. Look... In terms of him, God damn it, Max, you always mess us up. up. <laughs> but it's because this is colliding with that. Yeah, but um, back to who were you know surprised with the cuts of who didn't make the uh, the final roster cut, um, which was made today. Um, all NFL teams are um, are implementing their who they cut. Um, but you have Holyfield, who I liked his play the last two, the the final two uh, games of the. Thank you for turning that that noise out. I'm sure the listeners appreciated it as well. But you have Holyfield, who was just a dog in the last two preseason games. You have him playing the, as I mentioned last show, the Legarrette Blunt type of role. Obviously, you have Jordan Howard, who is more likely going to play that role when you have actual games going on. But uh, the Georgia running back, Holyfield, um, obviously Evander's son, he is probably going to be on the practice squad. So he's a player that we might see again on this team. But is there anyone else that you guys highlight from preseason that you are surprised didn't make the cut of this team? Or who do you think is going to be back 
and you know what? Nobody really surprises me. Um, this was a really simplistic roster. So nobody really surprised me in terms of, you know, who's going to come in and, you know, who necessarily made the team. Nobody really surprised me outside of our thing of Whiteside, to be honest with you. Um, everybody pretty much, you know, was up to expectations. That's just me personally. Michael Jaquette. Michael Jaquette ain't worth nothing. All right. That was horrible. All right. I understand this is preseason, but that man's been given a place like crazy for the longest. Like the way he gave up that touchdown was just absolutely ridiculous. Like it was. It, and I'm sorry. Like he got playing time towards the end of the season. And I'm just like, dude, what the hell? Like his his freaking. He's not an NFL corner. And it does not surprise me that he's not here. It doesn't. It really does not surprise me. And in a way, it this roster doesn't surprise me because this team's really in a rebuild. Like I really I'm really going into this season with with low expectations because this is really a young team who's trying to find themselves. And that's ultimately what this season is really about. They're a young team trying to find themselves. And you know what? We have to and we have to accept that. Not only we do we have to accept that, but we also have to kind of uh we also have to understand that and go into the season with that, with that understanding. And with that understanding goes with we can't come up in here every week fussing and complaining about the results of how the game went down. And that's period. Yeah, for sure. And I want to go back to Jamar Chase because I brought it up. He actually did. He had one catch for 16 yards, but he has a major uh, ball drop issue. Uh, that, that's going on with the games that um, some of the uh, the team um, media over there in Cincinnati is concerned with his drops. Now I, I know Philadelphia definitely has history with uh, wide receivers uh, who we're not even gonna talk really about just that. drop the ball all the time. But Devontae Smith just two catches, nineteen yards. So people that are concerned that they did not see enough of Devontae Smith, I, I just want to go over that again. It's would you rather him get injured in the preseason potentially than uh, see him in actual game mode, regular season, where it really matters the most, um, where you have Jalen Hurts now? Certainly QB1, which is where we're going to transition next, this quarterback talk that I was about to T and say, I were kind of getting into before the show started. Uh, T, j- just go over what you were saying to me, and I- I'm going to jump in and-, and say my piece of mind. All right, so look, here's the thing. If, if you guys were under a freaking rock, here's-, here's, what's- here's what's going on. So I believe this happened Saturday. Apparently, the Philadelphia Eagles traded their six-round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars for the rights to Gardner Minshew. Okay, look. He was not brought in to be a backup. You know what he is? He's in a just-in-case-of-Jalen-Hurts-failed emergency break open this glass. That's exactly what Gardner Minshew is. Say he's not. He, You know what exactly what he is? He's your Lord and Savior, Nick Foles. That is exactly what he is. Say I'm wrong. You're wrong. He is not our Lord and Savior, Nick Foles. Max, come on. I can't be the only one on this boat here. You have Gardner Minshew was dropped by the Jaguars because uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is um, now QB1, definitely, in Jacksonville. Um, in, in no means was this a plan for, oh, here's Gardner Minshew. He's going to be our QB1. Now, I'll tell you what. If you're afraid of Gardner Minshew taking over Jalen Hurts' spot as QB1, we got bigger problems. If you, if you think he's going to come in and he's going to be better than Jalen Hurts, um, then this team is in a very bad position. But uh, the reason was that 
you have Gardner Minshew, who's available. You, we, we suffered as Eagles fans watching Nick Mullins play quarterback for the Eagles in those preseason games. You have Joe oh, Flacco, who um, is now Up and just down. he's he's in the rear view. I understand. All um, that. And you, Gardner Minshew is a very good quarterback to have at QB two. Remember when he took it by storm? Minshew mania when Nick Foles was out week week one. Um, and he took the reins, and Jacksonville just didn't think he was the starter, which I, you know, he's not a starter for a team that wants to make a playoff push, uh, certainly, but he is a decent quarterback to have in that QB room. Um, and I think that, you know what, and I don't want to talk about this, really, but if there's an injury, um, God forbid Jalen Hurts it goes down with an injury, and you have Gardner Minshew looking at you, uh, you're, in an all, you're, you're in an all right spot to, to stay afloat. Uh, I should say, with the talent you have at wide receiver, running back depth, um, this defense that's going to be better um, than the last couple seasons, you got to be a little more positive. Yeah, but also look at it like this, though. What happens, God forbid, Jalen Hurts starts struggling? What are these fans going to do? You know exactly what Eagles fans are going to do. They're not going to cry for Joe Flacco. No, because because Gardner Minshew is better than Joe Flacco at this very moment. He, and Joe Flacco's the slated number two quarterback. So Not for long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long? That's Trust me. So what's the point of having Joe Flacco around? Hey, the listen, the listen, point listen. is the money, and you have Joe Flacco who's over there being able to teach these young quarterbacks like Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts especially uh, how to be better quarterbacks. Now, I know their play style is a little different, but you, it doesn't hurt to add a player like Joe Flacco into the quarterback room especially. I think Joe Flacco is terrible. Yeah. Um, we, but we can all agree on that. Oh, man, this audio is ridiculous. Coming hot, Max Gretzula. <laughs> um, but I want to say, I want to say this, if I can, if we can keep. All right, perfect. Uh, this might be the best thing it's going to get. Um, <laughs> if uh, the, the reason I, I want to say this about Gardner Mitchell real fast, Joe Flacco was brought in before that whole trade obviously went down. Right. I don't know the scenario with it back then. Like people, the argument could be the argument could be why. Was why didn't we go after Gardner Minshew for a six round pick before we got Joe Flacco and guaranteed him like three million dollars? You understand? Yeah. So I don't know why that is. Maybe you can give more insight on that. Possibly well, is why. I mean, I don't know if it has anything to do with let's see Trevor Lawrence develop or I don't right. have anything to do with him or maybe Urban Meyer thought maybe he's he's cheap. We'll keep him yeah. as a backup quarterback. Plans change. Obviously. Yeah. To to clear it up, I mean, uh, let's make it obvious that Gardner Minshew was not really available when we got Joe Flacco. Um, Joe Flacco was bounced around a couple times. He was with the Broncos and the Jets, I believe, in that order, maybe the other order. But you have him where you're looking at a guy, the free agency really wasn't a thing for the Eagles um, this offseason. They didn't have a lot of money to spend, but they they spent it where they needed to. You're talking about Steven Nelson over here. Yeah, Um, A couple great other uh, great pickups, but Joe Flacco, that was in the offseason. You have Gardner Minshew, who Trevor Lawrence was recently named the starting quarterback. So you don't want to drop your QB2 um, just like that um, and, and not know if Lawrence can fully play in the NFL right now. But that, that's the reason that it, it happened now. Um, now, all said and done, if Joe Flacco, if Gardner Minshew was made available in the offseason, I think the Eagles would still pick up Gardner Minshew. I mean, what were we talking about? Well, a sixth round pick? Here, listen, this is, I'll say this. 
I think it's kind of strange because we all like, like not us personally, but people, fans of Philly, make the argument, you know, why would you want to cause another QB controversy? Yes. I think maybe. I think that's ridiculous. The, ja- the Jaguars, and I'm not, obviously we don't know, but I'm thinking, in my opinion, I'm thinking to the Jaguars the way they are thinking. And it's probably, we have our phenom in Trevor Lawrence. Behind him is a guy with experience who has multiple starts, obviously, in the NFL. My multiple, I mean, I think it's like 20 or 30. Um, obviously, in their opinion, they could think, does Trevor Lawrence, not that he's mentally weak like Carson Wentz is, but does he want somebody that's been the starting quarterback for a year right behind him? Is it going to mess with him at all? I think maybe at the end of the day, the preseason took place, right? And we saw, and Jacksonville saw what they had, what they liked, what they didn't like with Lawrence and even Minshew, whatever. And they said, you know what? Six-round pick, it's not a big deal. I'll get rid of Minshew, um, and we'll give him to the Eagles. The thing for me is I like the deal only because – uh, I shouldn't say I like it, but I don't hate it. And the reason being is because it's cheap. You have a backup quarterback. Joe Flacco will not be here after after this year. No, it's true. Um, and it's going to be a very cheap deal. You only The Eagles don't draft well, so the six-round pick is basically – I'm not saying it's meaningless, but based on track record in history, they really don't hit on late-round draft picks, and it's proven. You're going to see today a lot of people won't be on the team that were drafted. Like Jacoby Stevens probably won't make the team. Um, and how, the who is a D, the D, the D, the nose tackle from USC that they drafted in the fifth or sixth round? He won't make the team probably. So um, I like the deal from that sense. I don't think Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback. I'm, you guys both know that I'm not a huge Jalen Hurts fan. A lot of people, the Eagles fans, they want to they want to bank. On, I'm not saying bank on Jalen Hurts, but they want to believe in him. I want to believe in him as well. But I don't long term. Same thing with Miles Sanders. A lot of people want to see Miles Sanders as a true workhorse. I know he won't be. I know that there's going to be a rotation with Gainwell, Boston Scott, and people need to start to come to that realization now that Miles Sanders, when he when he came out of Penn State, pegged as a three-down three workhorse back, I haven't seen that volume, and I haven't seen the coaching staff use him that way. At, at first, I thought maybe it's just the coaching staff and how they're going to use him, but maybe he's just not built that way. He's not built like Derrick Henry. You can give him the ball 30 times a game. I thought maybe Doug Peterson... Uh, when he was fired, maybe they're going to use Miles Sanders that way. They did the complete opposite. I thought Sirianni might use the running backs differently. They went out, they drafted Gamewell, they kept Boston Scott. They, they're probably going to keep Jordan Howard on the team. So there's going to be a rotation there. And I'm starting to wonder: is it the Miles Sanders not getting that workhorse opportunity, or does the coaching staff just believe that he's not that kind of player? Not, not to say he's not a bad player, just not to say he's not the guy we thought he would be. The issue is Miles Sanders. One of the big things about running backs, especially in today's NFL, is they need to be pass catchers past couple seasons and including a couple times during the preseason that we've seen and from what we've read from articles written by guys who've gone to training camp he's still dropping balls out of the backfield can't do that as a running back i don't care what offense you win in today's nfl just can't do that miles sanders is a hell of a runner a dynamic running back one of the one of the best running backs i've seen in terms of vision in terms of um juking ability and breaking tackles look i think miles sanders has all the tools he can even pick up uh, blockers and pass in pass block in pass blocking, but the issue is he struggles at times with catching the ball out of the backfield, and that is a cardinal sin in today's NFL. You cannot do that. There is a reason why they have put so much stock in the Kenny Gainwell. Okay, and there's a reason why. And me and you were both on record of saying this that Kenny Gainwell is probably going to take over the number one running back spot soon. I would not be surprised to see I that. I love Kenny Gainwell, my it, favorite it, Eagle. My favorite eagle right now. All right, now. you a little too. You, you're going a little too far. It's in the mail uh, right now. <laughs> because because I don't believe Jalen Hurts is, is jersey worthy right now to be a long term starting quarterback here. Right. Miles Sanders uh, in a contract year, I expect him to probably have a good season, but the yeah. volume, I don't know if it'll be there. And then the only guy you can probably make, I mean, outside your Fletcher Coxes and your Zach Hurts, who still somehow is on the team, surprisingly, 
you, you, you look at who's the guy that you has some upside besides Devontae Smith. I think Kenny Gainwell's legit. Now, he's not like me. T talked about it. I, I say that he's going to be the number one guy just because I like him so much. He's not built like we talk about that number one true running Correct. back, like that workhorse, that even like a Clyde Edwards Hiller, somebody Clyde Edwards Hiller who's small in stature, but still like the main guy there for, um, for the Chiefs as a first round draft pick. I'm not saying that Gainwell's going to be that kind of guy, especially being a fifth round pick. But I just like his pass-catching ability. I like his route running as a running back. Not only out of the backfield, but almost as like a slot guy too, like a Curtis right. Samuel type. You saw Curtis Samuel when McCaffrey went down last mm-hmm. year for the Panthers. Run the ball out of the backfield multiple times and run, line up in the slot. Kind of that dynamic player that can line up all over. That's why I like him so much. I think Jordan Howard arguably might be the best pass blocker on the team. I don't know how he's going to do in special teams if they're even going to use him in that role. But I'm that's why you, know, you have your home run hitter in Sanders. You have your great pass catcher in Gamewell, and you have Jordan Howard, who's a big physical north-south runner that can pick up, um, you know, edge rushes and blitzes and things right. like that. So. And not to mention, when you have Gainwell back there with a starting the starting lineman, offensive lineman. Now, of course, we've seen it a couple times in the preseason, but we're talking about regular season Gamewell, and they're out there all the time. You got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard over there blocking as well. Of course, Lane Johnson and, and, and Kelsey. I mean, these are guys that should really get the credit um, uh, holding that lineup, but just to go back to, so we can wrap up this quarterback controversy talk and, and move into some baseball talk potentially. Mm. I know T's wearing his Phillies shirt, which is I'm wearing it, but I still don't I, give a damn because he, he's not on boat anymore. I'm not. But um, anyway, this quarterback controversy. I understand if you're looking at the the side of Jacksonville with releasing Gardner Minshew, a guy who started for the team. Um, there was an uproar for him. Fans bought his jersey. He was QB one for for quite some time. Then you have the number one pick, um, Trevor Lawrence, coming in. That's a quarterback controversy because Lawrence has yet to play a regular season game for the Jaguars, and sometimes teams like to rest their their first uh, overall pick quarterback if they don't think he's ready for the situation. That wasn't the case for Lawrence because he is a talented player. He's always been since high school, middle school. Um, the media has been following this guy. See, in my, in my opinion, that's not really a controversy because – you saw the cap that Gardner Minshew had, and Trevor Lawrence was coming in with a winning pedigree. You know all the accomplishments that Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson. All right, there is no controversy involved. You draft somebody at number one overall, he's starting. I don't care what position he is. I don't care who's there in that position. Whoever that number one overall draft pick is, he's automatically starting. So the minute the minute the Jack Wars got the first overall pick, Gardner Minshew already had his foot out the door. Right, and, and that's fair enough to say because, well, I mean, we disagree with the controversy part, but you have Jacksonville really making it a point, which the Eagles uh, failed to do season after season, making a point who their starter is with dropping Gardner Minshew, having him out there. The Eagles pick him up because there's a guy who has started in the NFL in recent time, um, won a couple games, you have Joe Flacco, who, okay, he won the Super Bowl, but that was years ago. Um, but you're basically paying Joe Flacco to be a coach on this team um, for young quarterbacks. Um, Nick Mullins, he had to go, thought he would be a good um, third-string uh, quarterback the way we saw him play in San Francisco. Didn't work out. Um, it was ugly performance 
out of him. I'm sorry. Um, I never believed in Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins, especially the fact that a struggling Carson Wentz led Eagles right. beat Nick Mullins in that playoff season. Right now. We're literally talk, sitting here talking about Nick Mullins. Yeah, right. and, and I wish we and I wish we didn't, but we had to. But you have <laughs> it's sad to think yeah. about though, like how uh, and me personally, like I, I'm just not. I, I said on our show when we came out with our with our record predictions, ten wins. But I could not be more down on this team right now. And it's to, to wrap everything up with this topic, it's such a make-or-break year for so many things. Like, like there's not no only doubt. question marks, but going into the season with this team, like last year it was like going through – I'm not going to say going through the motions, but it got to that point during the season. This year, whole new coaching staff. I think the receiving core is weak, but we've seen Sirianni in, in training camp almost like practice – uh, yeah. like physically doing reps and stuff like that out on the field to help these wide receivers. Running back by committee, obviously we know that. We'll see if the offensive line can stay healthy. And we'll, I think the defense will be improved, especially the secondary, I yeah. hope. But it's just it's going to be one of those seasons, in my opinion, where you really have to analyze things. You can't – like for me, this is how I'm just reacting to how I'm going to watch. Okay. Like – Analyzing, meaning like seeing the routes, seeing the play calls, what down is it, how much, what's the yardage, like little things like that to just learn because we've been so accustomed to Doug Peterson for so many years. Right. And I just want to see what changes. It's not, I'm, I'm not going to be sitting back, I guess, to sum everything. I'll be like, oh, as a fan, just cheering and seeing them score points and stuff. I like yeah. really, I'm going to look and see, okay, like what's Sirianni trying to do? Like what, uh, what players are talented? What are we going to see? What, when are they going to run the ball? Who's out there on what down? The third down is Sanders going to be out there? Is Gamewell going to be out there? Um, you know, just all those different yeah. things play into it. So I, I, it's like exciting, but at the same time, I got to pause because I know there, in my opinion, there's probably not a lot of talent on the team. It might not result to a ton of wins, but I'm just staying optimistic. That's all you can do. No doubt. It's a prove it year because you have, if your quarterback doesn't work out, you have more to deal with how many picks you're going to trade for a starting quarterback than instead of if Jalen Hurts works out, what positions can you put around him to really make this team successful in the following season? And, and just, but at this point, I think I just think the Eagles just love controversy, man. They, you don't make this oh, yeah. type of a trade Definitely. without knowing what you are doing. You know that this is going to cause a controversy. The minute Jalen Hurts starts to struggle, they're going to start chanting Gardner Minshew's well, that's, name. That, that's Philadelphia, T, because you had Nick Foles. I, I was at this game opening um, the home opener for the Eagles. It was about maybe five seasons ago. Nick Foles is on the team. Um this is when Nick Foles was on his first run with the Eagles. And, 27 and 2 year? Uh, was it against the Falcons? It was against the Panthers, maybe? But you have Nick Foles comes out, throws an interception the first drive, or however, there was a fumble turnover. Immediately, fans are chatting, chanting for Michael Vick to come in. I believe that was the situation, mm-hmm. or the second string quarterback, whatever that was. But that's always going to happen. That's Philadelphia, T. That's Philadelphia football for sure. I want to say this, T, real quick. The move for Garner Minshew for me is not about this season; it's about next season. Under contract, super cheap. Joe Flacco won't be here. For me, I think look at last year. Look at Sam Darnold's injury for the Jets. Joe Flacco steps in, and the Jets were absolutely abysmal, even worse than they already are. They think they won what one or two games last year, and the game against the Browns didn't really count because the Browns were destroyed with COVID. Um, so I think the move for Garner Minshew is number one. If things go south with Jalen Hurts physically, I'm talking about health. Or statistically on the field production, you have a capable guy to come in, step in, and at least not be the joke of the league like the Jets. Maybe amount to four or five, maybe even six wins. Still, Gardner Minshew being serviceable serviceable quarterback. If Jalen Hurts 
succeeds, hopefully meets expectations or goes above, then you don't really need to have, talk about it. The, the, things are going to go on. next year, This year is going to happen. Then Joe Flacco will be gone off the books with his money, and then you have Gardner Minshew on the cheap next year to back up Jalen Hurts. But my whole thing is, is if Jalen Hurts has one, less than one season. He's got less than one Only season. Only four games, basically. La- last year, too. I'm talking about this year. Jalen Hurts himself. won't have 17 games. If Fair. it gets to week six and the Eagles are two and four, one and five, Jalen Hurts might not be the starting quarterback come week seven. That's that's the, the shameful thing. Not only for this city because we're so hard on our athletes, but if things go south that quickly for this team, he won't have a full 17-man season to see what happens. It's going to be Gardner Minshew. I don't think Joe Flacco, me personally, I don't think Joe Flacco sees a single snap unless things go way wrong. It's Gardner Minshew's yeah. job as the, as the backup quarterback. I got a hot take right here. I think Uh-oh. Jalen Hurts is going to prove himself week four. Week four. Week four. Like, what do you mean? Like, like breakout performance? Like, this guy's legit? Week one. Week one. Um, you know, we're going to see some glimpses. Like, uh, you know, I still need to see more out of him. You got week two, maybe as an off game. Okay. I know I have to really look at the schedule, but I'm just going through numbers and, and how long it would take him to warm up. But if we're going on the Birds schedule, you have the Falcons, Niners, Cowboys, and Chiefs. Now, that Chiefs game is important because the next week after that, I believe you got the Panthers and Buccaneers. So, yeah. and those are two. The the Chiefs is a home game, and then the Buccaneers are also a home game. So, I think Jalen Hurts warming up to the city, uh, to the link, I think against a, a great team. Obviously, it went to the Super Bowl. Super then he had the team. next, the Super Bowl champion after that. I think this is where he's going to prove himself. How at, much as a value? How much though? How much? And here's the thing: they got three first round picks next next year, which is know. what I'm saying. So, so well, what level? Two, if does, Carson Wentz don't get his shit together. Fair enough. What level does he have to get to for Howie Roseman to sit there in the office and say, "Okay, I'm going to take these three first round picks and go wide receiver, D back, defensive tackle." Like, if he meets expectations. Is that or plays like solid? I'm talking about solid, like maybe seven, eight, nine wins, but doesn't go. Wow, holy shit, this guy's legit. Like I'm thinking to get that quarter because I could take a quarterback next right. year. Is my point for Howie Roseman? I think the decision is going to be made on not wins and losses, but Jalen Hurts' passing ability because that's really what needs to be pro- proven this yeah. season. We know he can run. How far can he throw this ball accurately? Um, can he hit his targets on point? No overthrow towards the sideline. Just get it out there. No checkdowns. I want to see actual tosses, which we missed from Carson Wentz, really. There was all this talk. Show the people what they want to see. Um, unfortunately, Deshaun Jackson was only in there for two games, but that's yeah, in the, that, yeah, that's yeah. in the past. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is going to prove himself. Give the people what they want to see. Exactly. By the improvement he shows passing. And you have, hopefully, it won't take Howie Risman until the offseason to know who his starting quarterback is because then oh, God, you're just no. going in a loop again and again and you're going to have people a lot of people just dropping off the Eagles bus he like, might, and getting out of here he and that's going to suck Max yeah. that, that's really going to suck but I, I see I see where you're going here you have Gardner Minshew who is to come in and be serviceable yeah, if you right. need him exactly and that's what I'm saying it's not a quarterback controversy I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to is going to come to link and just show everyone he deserves to right. be the starting quarterback over Jalen Hurts and I hope that doesn't happen because you have Jalen Hurts a guy who you took the deal on obviously you had to get rid of that Carson drama but you could have now it was Deshaun Watson's. Um, it was his choice to not do the um, uh, get rid of the trade clause so, or whatever that was. So thankful, which really helps out with 
uh, the drama between the controversy, which I, I thought that was over with weeks ago. But in the offseason, Max, if you have Jalen Hurts who struggled, those those draft picks are going to be made on a quarterback, and I think it's going to be a trade, not a draft. Okay. I think it would be a trade. Not for Deshaun Watson? Not for Deshaun Watson, no. All right, then. I think. You know there's always a problem with a quarterback and a team, so some no other doubt. players could be made available. Yeah, no doubt. And, and Cam Newton, the name that's – not for the Eagles, I'm saying for maybe the Texans. I heard rumors about that because they don't mm-hmm. obviously necessarily buy an entire Taylor, right. blah, blah, blah. But long story short, a Jalen Hurts, I think we're, – we're, we're excited for it, also, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to add a little more. You have the Dolphins who are interested in Sean Watson. That means uh, Tua uh, could also be available as well. Now that's a quarterback. You're not proven no, I'm good on of Tua. course, but I'm sure other teams – uh, would like to take a, uh, a shot at Tua now if if Bridgewater doesn't work out in Denver, right? Um, which they have a mess of a quarterback situation as well, um, mm-hmm. and not in a good way with talent, just uh, the lack thereof. Yeah, I, no. Listen, I agree with you. And the summer thing up here, it's just we have what two weeks away till the season starts. Yep. Um, obviously, the quarterback position is going to be magnified. The coaching staff is going to be magnified too, just because everything is new, new everything, offensive, defensive, head coach, and things like that. Defense, I probably won't be because you kind of have, you know, you have Hargate's been really solid in camp. Fletcher yeah. Cox has been solid. Brandon Grant, BG, you know what he's going to do on a defensive line. So overall, Eric Wills, I mean, linebacking core is a linebacking core. You're not going to get, they're not going to be highlighted because they're just not in this defensive scheme. Um, at least last year with Schwartz, we'll see what happens this year um, with Gannon. But, uh, and then you have, of course, the secondary, which should be improved. Ryan McLeod was activated off the pup list. So he should be able to come back in the first couple weeks of the season too. So, I'm excited about the defense. I think they're going to be solid. When I say that, I don't mean like top five in the league, maybe right. top 10, 15. But uh, the offense is key. They need to score points. Um, and the fact that they play these tough teams early on in the season, it's going to be extremely hard uh, yeah, to get that. Yeah, it is. We'll see what happens. And that, I want to, because we're running out of show here almost in a way, yeah. um, I want to touch on the Phillies here. And, yeah, and just, uh, uh, just, you know, obviously they go to Arizona, they go out west. They lose uh, all three games out there, and, and it's kind of like everybody hops off the bandwagon. But we know we know how it works here in Philadelphia. We know uh, baseball. You guys know me, number one with baseball, and you know how baseball is a 162 game season. So it's not football where you lose two, three weeks in a row, and your season's basically in a way over, unless you make some serious improvements. Baseball, you can drop three, four, five in a row, come back and win three, four, five in a row. You got 162 games to work with. So with the Phils going out west, losing three straight to Arizona, taking two out of three from San Diego, and then they come back home, they don't play well. Um, that first series, and I'm, who, who did they who did they play in that first? Yo, Tampa Bay, right? They get they lost yep. both to Tampa Bay, yep. um, and then play three, and then win three out of four from Arizona. So it's one of those things where we know that the Braves, who me personally, I thought their season was over once they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. In my opinion, I just thought he's too much of an uh, offensive fire fire piece for them to come back from when he went down. But overall, we know that the Braves have the better roster. The Phillies need, and this is what I banked on this whole time. Okay. I banked on the schedule. I saw the schedule. You got the Cubs on there. You got the Rockies on there. You got the Diamondbacks on there. Um, late in the season, you got the Marlins, who are terrible. The, the Nationals quit. You had all these teams on your schedule. That is what I put all my stock into because on paper, we know the Braves are the better team. We know there's people now, they're saying, oh, look look out for us in the wild card race. Yeah. The Reds are better than us. I mean, we know that. These t- Padres are better than us. The, the goal here is to win a division. We have to win a division. I don't think we're going to get that wild card. Not getting the wild card. Right no. now, it, yeah, exactly. It's so weird because right now we're actually closer to the wild card than a division race. I think we're three out of the wild card and three and a half out of the division, if I'm not mistaken. Off the look. Um, it, I thought we were a little farther back. Oh, really? It could be up to. Okay, so so what you're going to need to bank on here is you know you're not as talented as the Atlanta Braves, but what you're really going to need to do is hopefully your schedule plays out in your favor. 
starting pitching has been great. I mean, since how, how great has Scott Gibson been since he came into the rotation? I mean, he's been absolutely excellent. Um, and then Ian Kennedy, who's given up a little bit too many home runs for my liking. But at the end of the day, uh, this thing's going to come down to the wire. I think we all knew that. It's just about us, the fan base, just the constant. It gets annoying after a while. Does it get annoying to you guys, the constant off the bandwagon, on the bandwagon? Yeah, I mean, I you, mean, you got you to gotta just be patient. I, I got my seatbelt on, Max. I'm locked in on the bandwagon. Well, for me personally, I've always been a straight shooter. If I tell you I'm off, I'm off, and I'm done with something. I'm done with the Phillies, and I've said that. This I said that wearing last a Phillies jersey, mind you. That, you it was it the first camera. thing I grabbed in my damn closet. Shut up. Anyway, look, I'm, I'm done with the Phillies. Like, this constant... This constant up and down roller coaster. It's the same damn thing that we've been going through for the past two seasons. We get towards the end of the season and it looks easy. And then boom, the entire doggone floor drops from under them and they don't make the playoffs. It's the same thing over and over again. I've seen this for the past two seasons. What's going to happen this season? I guarantee you they're not making the playoffs. They're not. I'm sorry. If you think that this season is going to miraculously change. You've, you're crazy. You got another thing coming. I'm sorry, but history has proven what this team does for the past two seasons. It's the same damn thing. And I don't, I'm, I'm so shocked that y'all not seeing this. T, I'll tell you what, if the Phillies make the playoffs, uh, let, let's do a little bet here. If the Phillies make the playoffs, you got to walk into WIP studio wearing them stupid fanatic hats that wrap around your cheeks. <laughs> Stay for that right now. Cause I'm saying the Phillies are making the playoffs. I don't care if I'm wrong. But I'm telling you, I am still on this bandwagon. And just so you and know, if you're wrong, I'm, I'm blasting you on all our social media. It's not that I'm a bandwagon. I mean, I've been a Phillies fan my entire life. I'm just on the wagon. Uh, and I'm just full sending it right now because I'm not getting off. I don't care if they if they don't make the playoffs. I'm not jumping off, of course. But you have the the Phillies who now, T, you mentioned how, how the road's always rocky for the Phillies going down this stretch, but it's a little different this time because last season you had the Phillies who looked like they were making the playoffs at this point right now, and then that's when things started falling in. But luckily, the Phillies have had experience with collapses already in this season, especially a a series ago. Um, And now I think that they have enough time to build back. Now, they're three and a half games back, and Max, you're right, they're three games out of the wild card, but they're not getting that wild card spot in my opinion. So please, conv- you have. Yeah, please I told convince you, me. Last, and tell me, yeah, yeah. Last show, you have the Braves who have a tough, tough schedule. You have the Padres on their schedule, I believe, twice, maybe. No, I know they have a full. I think it's a four series, uh, four game series uh, with the Padres. Quick. You're looking it up. Um, they're playing the Dodgers right now. Then they have the San Francisco Giants. Then they have the Philadelphia Phillies somewhere in there. Now, this isn't an order. I believe they play the Marlins as well, but that's a division game. You can never predict how those things go. Am I right so far, Max, with those teams? Did yeah, I they, still, team? they still have to play. So they got they still have to play the Dodgers until Wednesday night. So they right. got two more. They got tonight and tomorrow That's night. two games that they could lose, T, and you're back just, uh, what, a game and a half? Then they got... They got the Rockies for four on the road. You never, not, not you an never easy know, team, yeah, right? You never know what happens in Colorado. That, that ball flies out of that ballpark. Then they got the Nationals and Marlins, but the Phillies have the Nationals and Marlins again, exactly. So that evens out. But Mar- then the Braves, the Braves have the Rockies again after that. So they do play. They play a couple shitty teams, but they still have the Giants on their schedule. They still have the Padres on their schedule. They still have the rest of this Dodgers series. They, they do have the Diamondbacks. Yeah. And at four. the is the last series the for Mets. both of these. Teams, Matt, Braves, the, Philly, the, the Braves season. and Mets is the last series for, for the Braves, but before that is the Phillies. So this could potentially turn out to be a a playoff type atmosphere at, at those games because you have prove it games 
where you're having the Phillies really have to show it to the Braves that they're getting that number one spot. They've had prove it games. That Arizona series, that first Arizona series was a was prove it. You have a chance to not only were the Phillies number one in the division at that point, they had a chance to grab a strong. Why wasn't in the, the Padres series a prove it series when you're playing an actual good team? Ty, just pick a series that they lost to. I'm just, to t- I'm game. just, I'm just pulling something out my ass right now. I know now. you are. T- Shut up. <laughs> anyway, they don't. They, they, the, statistically speaking, in, in, in recent history, they just don't play well when they go out west. Not many exactly. teams do. But um, Arizona, they they got our number right for that for that series. But then we went two out of three against San Diego. So for me, I think is the Braves' schedule hard enough that that it's going to matter for the Phillies. It's definitely harder than the Phillies' schedule. I will say that. But there is a couple of easy series. Like the the Marlins are terrible. The Nationals they got the Rockies twice. They got the Diamondbacks once. So they got some easy matchups too. If I'm going to sell UT on the Phils making the playoffs. Their starting pitching has been excellent, since Wayne, especially since Ranger Suarez has come into rotation and Kyle Gibson's been great. We'll see about Zach Eflin. Major question mark, will that knee be healthy enough in September to come back or will he be shut down for the year? Hoskins is clear, clearly a big loss for the rest of the season. If Bamboo Bragg can just keep hitting homers out of his ass like he did last night, it'll be great, obviously, to just give you some momentum. And also, you got to remember the Phillies have the MVP on their team. Bryce Harper's Potentially. MVP. What what is an MVP if the damn team doesn't saying, make the see, playoffs? Look at the numbers. I'm still MVP. Look at the numbers. They got the best player in that. Like, don't give me Fernando Tatis. That dude's been banged up. He's been hurt. They got the best player this season on their team, and he's literally dragging their asses. Baseball isn't through. a one man team. Yeah, well, the Phillies have become a one man team with your potential MVP because Max is right. He is literally dragging the Phillies at this point. And if you think for one second that one damn man can drag an entire baseball team, you got another thing coming. That's what I'm saying. Like, look look at this right now. JT's still hurt. He's, his shoulder's banged mm-hmm. up. You just need, with the starting pitching being as as more cons, uh, consistent as they've been lately, yeah. you just need, uh, oh, every night you need Segura, give me a couple hits, <laughs> score a couple runs. Uh, another night, Odubel. I mean, if, as long as Bryce is locked in the way he is, you just need Brad Miller, like Brad Miller last night, boom, a home run. What was it, a solo or two-run shot, whatever it was. I mean, little things like that. you yeah. you got to get some – It's like the utility cuts, guys. Cuts too, same thing. It's like, the utility guys that really something. need to step in. You Jankowski. don't got to do, do it every yeah. night, but but somebody somebody step up and do something. Because hopefully, uh, big picture-wise, you're going to get a good start from your rotation, uh, even though Wheeler – and Wheeler didn't even have a good start last night, and we still got the W. Right. So you're, you should have a good start for the most part. The bullpen has been – Middle of the pack. Um, Ian Kennedy's been pretty solid. Alvarado, since he's come back from the IL, has looked better, a little bit more consistent in the strike zone. They got a couple. In, J.D. Hammer all of a sudden has been He's an ERA under two. I mean, this guy's throwing scoreless outings. So their bullpen hasn't been atrocious like it's been last year. So what you really need to do is find the hitting. Can, can Freddie Galvis come in and get on base here or there? Maybe steal a bag. Maybe they get a wild pitch. Like little things have to go your way. Wild pitch, you score a run. You just got to manufacture yeah. runs in, a, in ways that – Maybe aren't just hit a, hit a bomb every single like the Yankees and just hit home runs. You got to have little pieces step up. Yeah, around. Chase the, Anderson had to go. By but, the way, he had to go. I, I, no I, doubt, I no completely doubt. agree with that. But that's the thing that I've been begging for this entire season. Everybody was going out and try to you know hit the damn ball as far as they far as they could. But how about playing some balls in the field every once in a while? How about going opposite field for a base hit? What's wrong with some singles and some doubles? Well, I, I got I, I got news for you, T. We got back to back triples. What last game? Two yeah. games ago. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was two games. Tereus, yeah, it was. Yeah, oh, was that last night? I was it about to say. I thought it was last night. It was last night. Yeah, it was last night. But guys are putting the the ball in play, T. 
Um, and you have a, a team. Yeah, I got three teams for you. I got the the Pirates. You got the um, Rockies. The Rockies. So the the Rockies. Orioles. Yes. There, there's a you know four teams. I know there's another team in there that. Well, you got the, the Marlins Phil- and Nationals right now. Right, the, the Phillies team they can handle this. To you, you're talking about just three and a half games back now. Uh, now a series or two ago, we're looking at seven and a half, and we're like, this team's done, over with. Baseball is done for Philadelphia. But here they come again because you have people like yourself saying, I'm off the bandwagon. You got all these games left to play. You already jumped off. You broke your ankle jumping off the wagon. You can't get back on, T. You're done for. Now when the Phillies make it to the playoffs, I don't want to see you wearing no damn Phillies jersey, no playoff shirts from Dick's Sporting Goods, nothing. I don't want to see nothing like that except for that stupid Philly fanatic hat on your head when you walk in WIP talk to Howard Eskin with that stupid hat on. Well, first and foremost, uh, this is the first thing I grabbed on my closet. Thank you very much. All right. And it's, very, it's actually very cooling on a humid day like today. So let's get that out, let's get that out the way right now. Secondly, I'm not going to be wearing no damn fanatic hat because the Phillies aren't making the damn playoffs. And I'm going to die on this hill if I got to. Okay, stamping that. The we thing, got audio receipts for that. The team. thing that's going to tease right here is just the inconsistency. You know, can you buy into this team winning enough games down the stretch, becoming a? They don't even need to become a consistent team, just more consistent than they, what they've been. Because you cannot just go out to Arizona, lose three, and then beat San Diego two out of three, lose to Tampa Bay at home both games, and then all of a sudden win three out of four from Arizona. I know that they're a better home team than a road team. Uh, usually most teams are like that, and I think they're, uh, what are they, 11 games above 500 at home, but but they have a losing record on the road. So you, you need to, you're you going to need to win baseball games on the road. Here's the sick part. Here's, here's the sick part. It's not just, you know, you guys just hoping that the Phillies can win a division. I've seen a couple of analysts who's actually got the Phillies projected to and potentially win the wild card. I'm sitting here going, going into the wild card. I'm like, you've got to be bleeping kidding me. You guys are crazy as hell. There's no stinking way. That this Phillies team makes the playoffs. Max, you alluded to it. It's the freaking consistency for me. You cannot lose a series, win a series, lose a series, win a series. You cannot continue to play 500 baseball. I bet you can do that because that's exactly how it's going to work. You cannot play 500 baseball and make the damn playoffs. And even if you do make the damn playoffs, how far are you really going? You're making at this point, T, for the Phillies, it's just make the damn playoffs. You guys, since 2010. I believe. Yeah. It's the last time here in the playoffs. Yeah. Something like it's, that. It's not to win the World Series this season at any means. It's to make the playoffs, show you have a playoff caliber team, so in the offseason you can build off of that, trade the players that helped you a little bit, but you can get value for. And you're looking at the bigger picture, and that's the future in about three years. Let me, let me mention this real quick. One guy that we really forgot about, um, rightfully so, the way he was playing. How about Alec Bohm in the minor leagues? Yeah. You know, that really – I mean, he he had that home run on mm. opening – I don't know if it was opening day or maybe the second game of the series um, against the Braves, and it was like, wow, Alec Bohm, like, this dude is – because he was so hot last year, and it's like – It's ridiculous. 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, he's got the frame, he's got the – he's supposed to have right. the power, but uh, – the, the running for rookie of the year. You see a guy this year who comes in, he can't pull the ball. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen him pull one ball this year. I was about to say, the only thing that kept him in the majors was his hitting, but what's not hitting went because his right. defense his wasn't worth it. Right. Yeah. So the the question now with him, he was supposed to be plugged in as in the middle of our order with JT and Bryce and Reese uh, as a guy that's going to contribute. I'm not saying he's going to hit 300, but definitely give you maybe 25 homers, drive in maybe 80 RBIs or 70 RBIs. Um, we know we knew his defense was awful. Um, I didn't think it was to this extent. 
Um, I, I at least thought he could feel the ball properly being a major leaguer and throw it across the diamond. But uh, unfortunately, he just he just doesn't have that that grace. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he's not graceful with his movements as a third baseman. He's stiff, and he's not even like I keep using the word serviceable. He's not even just middle of the pack, middle of the road type of defensive third baseman. Not only that, he wasn't even hitting enough to keep him on not not on the lineup on the roster. He wasn't hitting enough just to keep him on the roster. He gets into the minor leagues, so that's a guy that's hurt us. Um, and also, you look at Reese Hoskins being done for the year. I mean, that's, we we haven't mentioned it, but yeah. this guy he came back off the IL in San Diego, had that two home run game, in three games. Yeah, two, and two you can thank your manager for as to the reason why he's out for the year. What, and, he pushed him back early. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he put him in. Yeah, he put him in. Had him swing those couple of dingers, but the but he what happened was he ended up tearing his groin. His groin, and he also had an abdominal. Are they two separate injuries, Sander? Yeah, abdominal yeah, and it, 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 groin. He had an, Abdomen injury and a groin. I believe that's the last injury right now. That, but that he's getting surgery the on the abdomen, right? I think he's getting. Think, it's a hernia. Hernia? Sports yeah. hernia? Yeah, it's a okay. sports hernia. Yeah. So is that all connected? Or I believe so. Separate? Well, it... no. Right now he's out for the abdomen. Mm, but I think surgery. since he's out, he's getting that the sports surgery. hernia. Oh, okay. okay. I think. Now we'll have to check after the show. But either way, Girardi shouldn't have played him. Girardi should have kept him, kept him on the bench. Girardi should not have put him in in the first damn place. I don't care how desperate you are to win these games. And I understand you're trying to make the playoffs. I completely understand that. But you're putting your players at risk. The DH has not been in the National League, probably hurt the Phillies more than any other team. You and have Alec Bohm, who can't play third base. Reese Hoskins, who, let's be honest, really wasn't that good of a defender at first base. And then you had Brad Miller, who this is a guy that was last season hitting a ton of home runs for the St. Louis Cardinals, hitting in the middle of their order. And you think, okay, now you got him as a bench piece. But there's three guys. I mean, Miller's okay. He's a utility player. But there's three guys right there that are not good at playing first base. And uh, they tried Alec Bohm at first. They literally did anything they, everything they could to, you know, let Alec Bohm be productive. They kept him on the roster, got him the at-bats even when he was struggling, and they gave him uh, over half a season to just continue and to, to try to improve. He couldn't play third base. They tried moving him to third or first base when Reese was out. That didn't work out. He he can't play defense at either of the corner positions. So it's either is he gonna the question is he is he gonna put in the work this offseason at third base, first base, wherever it may be, to get better and and be able to come back. And and let's not forget his offense wasn't great. Every time he would get a hit when when he wasn't striking out, I should say. Every time he would get a hit was a single to a poke single out to right field. I mean, this guy's six six frame T. This guy should be hitting 400 feet over the left field fence. I, I freaking agree with you. Yeah. I, you're not going to get no argument. You know, the, things, the things with a lot of these players is they only focus on one aspect of their game. Either they're always in the batting cages. I really often, not not often do I see a player really on the field practicing ground balls. Or um, like say, say Bryce Harper, for example. Great hitter. But if he if we're just judging him off his fielding, and we've yeah, always said that for it, years yeah, about exactly. his fielding. But the thing with Bryce Harper is that he can bat. I mean, he's a power hitter and uh, MVP season right now, so we're not talking about his fielding. But if you're there in the games, you see a pop flyer right field, you still get a little nervous, and that's Bryce Harper over there. But the thing is, he's doing his job right now in the batter's box. But you have guys who are struggling in both the field, like Alec Bohm, and, and batting, both. You can't. You have to have at least one strong suit in order to be successful in the MLB. But I, I just want to go over a, an article by T.C. Zenka. You have Reese Hoskins was placed on the 10-day injured list earlier to, or earlier when he was. 
Um, now, he will undergo surgery to repair a tear in his lower abdomen. The earlier destination for his IL placement was a groin injury. The mm-hmm. abdomen issue was pre-existing. So, so even though he's there. injured with the groin, you have to rule it abdomen because that's what he's getting surgery for. Mm. But either way, I, no, it, it's a major loss. Yeah, it's a huge major loss, and it also it it also decreases your chances once again of making the playoffs. Even if Reese Hoskins was able to play, I, it still wouldn't change my mind. Right, he he comes back, hits two home runs in one game, so yeah, which is def- freaking amazing. That, that would definitely change my mind. I mean, I if I had a gut feel right now about the Phillies making the playoffs, probably not. I mean, I want them to, mm-hmm. but if I had to, somebody put a gun on my head and said, "Hey, listen, are the Phillies making the playoffs?" I'm going to say probably not because they're just too inconsistent of a team, and that's the major flaw that they've had all season long. So for me, do I have positives? Do I have reasons to believe? I think so. Yeah. But what I've seen in a hundred and however many how many games did they play? Hundred and twenty some, hundred and thirty whatever it's been. Hundred and sixty I don't know. Oh, around there. Around there. What what I've seen from them in that big of a sample size is they aren't consistent enough to string I mean, they had that one stretch. It was that one stretch in the season they had where they won like six or seven games, right? Eight games. Right. That's when everybody was getting on the hype train. Yeah. And and it was like, Okay, wow, okay, this team this is a team that hasn't put something like that together in how many years because we haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. So for me, once I saw that, I was like, okay, fine. But then they got back to the same old ways again where they were being too inconsistent. And that's, mm-hmm. and, and people who don't, who don't think the team's going to make the playoffs completely fine, completely understandable. I can't blame you. They haven't had any success in the past 10 years playoff wise. Why I believe now, I think for me, and it's just not because I, I want to rub it in people's faces, but we know that Bryce Harper right now is the he's the best. I mean, other if you want to argue Shohei Otani, fine because he can pitch. But the top three player right now, Bryce Harper is on that list. I, I'm I'm not going to deny that, but with, it's you guys trying to convince me about the Phillies is, is almost the same as Tanner sending me Ben Simmons videos, it, it, which I will never be doing again. That's <laughs> just a different. This is just a different. different. This season. is the next level, Ben yeah. Simmons. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. You were wrong in that situation. <laughs> You're going to be wrong in this situation. The Phillies okay. aren't making the playoffs, buddy. We all have on some kind of Phillies gear right now, and you're going to be wrong. I hate to say this. Yeah, you're just going to have to swallow your pride on this one. to eat your words. And, uh, All right, people. Well, listen, uh, I will say this. First show in person back in a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully the people enjoyed it. I thought it went relatively well. For that first portion was a little ridiculous. Yeah, we did. we're not even going to talk about that. Oh, I was fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, yeah, Max started touching shit, and that's when shit hit the fan. Yeah, usually I shouldn't do that because I don't know what the hell any of this yeah, stuff is. Exactly. Talks. I don't even know why you touching anything in the first damn place. Yeah. God damn. I'm just here for entertainment purposes only. <sighs> All but, right. Uh, we but, still got one more show until the birds fly off. Right? Yes, we do. Next yeah, week. Sir. Yep. One more show. So uh hope you guys enjoyed everything. Um, I definitely expect uh, me personally to be more prepared next time. Hell yeah. We'll, we'll definitely uh, rock yeah. this out. Uh, but but bear with us, everybody. Bear with us. It's not going to yeah. sound like this every single week. No, no. We're going to make some improvements by next week. Definitely on that. Yes, all right. You guys missed any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com. Available on all major downloadable platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, the entire shabazz. Yes, we will improve. Max will learn how to set this shit up on his own. Indeed, I'll try my best. All right. He's not going to fuck anything up. That's the hope, at least. Man, that's ludicrous. What the hell?
hell is going on? Andrew McClutchy. What's going on, everybody? Are you piece of Swiss cheese? 